The scripture in this morning is John chapter 7. If you look at John chapter 7, verse 37 and through 39, just a few verses here. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone who is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Holy Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Father, we pray that your word would uh, ring true, not only in our heads, but it would travel all the way down to our hearts and that we would do something about it. That today, this Pentecost Sunday, that you would pour out your Spirit upon us afresh, anew, and for many in this place, for the very first time, we pray that you would have your way and that you would fill, move in us, even now. In your name we pray, Jesus. Have you ever thought that there has to be more to this Christian life than what you're experiencing? You ever felt like there was something missing? Or if it's not something missing, that you miss something. Some Christians would even say, I, I feel empty. And, and the good news is that in that emptiness, you don't try to fill it with something sinful or something worldly. Instead, what happens, either it just remains that way or you go, some people just go off after the next best newest spiritual thing or experience that you hear about. Hey, we want more of God. And so we're just kind of looking here and there. We want more peace. We want more joy. We want more love. We want more strength. We want more of a sense of His presence. It, it, it's not that God isn't real to you. It's not, like, not that there's nothing happening in your life, so to speak. It's just that it seems like you only experience a little peace, a little joy. A little bit of all the things that Christians are supposed to do, but you want to have it to the fullness. You, you want to be filled with that joy, filled with that peace. There has to be something more. And the good news this morning is there is something more, except it's not something. It is someone more of the Holy Spirit through His filling. I should note this morning that uh, as uh, some of this message, some of the thinking of this message is gleaned from Dr. Rob Bremer uh, as he came and spoke to us as pastors in our district about being river dwellers. Let me just uh, illustrate this a, a couple different ways. Um, let's just imagine here we have this pitcher of water. I know some of you are thinking, well, I'm thirsty. This is... Uh, this so you're clear, this is, I want you to think of this as Oil Creek River water. So, and that might, might help you, I don't know. But, all right, so, picture, full of water, right? And then, I've got this bowl down here, and let's think of the bowl as, as you. All right, that's, that's you. And, and actually, what I'd really like you to think of, I'm not doing this, and some will be happy, uh, Amy, especially maybe, uh, I don't know. Uh, that uh, there's not holes in this one. 
And so it's, but it's, I want you to think that I'm pouring it this you, but it is just going to just go all over the floor here and just cover everything. It's not going to do that, but that's not what I'm anticipating it's going to do. So here we have this, and you know, we're just pouring out. You're thinking about trying to fill this, fill it. There. That's an illustration of, uh, of, Taking that this whole, the whole pitcher full of water and just trying to to fill it, fill us. But you know what? There's another illustration that I'd like to show you, and this has to do with. Uh, and, and shout out to Caleb who helped uh, with this. Um, this has to do with our trip that we took kayaking last week. Last Saturday, our mission's launch, we went on a very high and very fast-moving oil creek. So this was oil creek water being poured into this bowl. But here's a whole different one. Let's see if we've got it. Can you guys go ahead and show that video? All right. This water, it was moving. Even in the video, it's hard to tell. You don't get the full effect of what's happening. Because we could just sit in the kayaks and it would just take us down there and we would have been there quick. It was moving faster than you could walk. It, it, it was moving. Just... And all of us made it to the end. Not necessarily dry. I'm not going to say, but there were some that did not make it. Actually, I mentioned that. All right, so think about this. Uh, there's two different illustrations here. Two different ones of, uh, of water, even to say above Oil Creek, so to speak. Completely different. We could say that I could just keep pouring here until this overflows. In fact, we've got more pictures back there. We can bring out 10. No, no, we don't have that many, but let's imagine I bring out 100 pitchers of water and we just pour it and it just is flowing all over the place here. It's just everywhere. Is that any comparison to what if we just had that level of Oil Creek come right in here and pour over this? You see how there's no comparison? You know, I could bring out a hundred of those, pour it, and it would just fill. But if we just had the river flowing through here, the river coming and pouring, not just a pond that's covering, it would just cover everything. It would just keep going. I'm not saying we would just... We would turn it off. We would just reroute the river and just come right over here and just keep on flowing. That is an illustration of being filled. That is an illustration of full, of more water. That we could keep pouring here, but that's not what more is. 
we've got this sense that today, as we look at this, you get this picture of the, the river here. And you say, well, what's this got to do with the message? Hopefully you can kind of see what it's got to do with the message today. But there's a sense Jesus is illustrating this. In John 7, verse 37, and, and, and he is speaking at a, or he speaks up at a different kind of feast than what we're talking about today. It's a joyful one. It's one that's been talked about. Today, obviously, Fran mentioned we're celebrating, we think about Pentecost and Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit coming down and, and filling believers. Interesting where Jesus is right now in John chapter 7 is there are some similarities in the Feast of Tabernacle, Booths, uh, Sukkoth, the ingathering. This is where he's speaking here in John 7 is the eighth at last and greatest day of this feast. And it's towards the end of the ceremony of this day where they traditionally, I say traditionally because that's not something that we see in the Pentateuch, but Jesus was able to take a familiar scene to the people that they would have seen and use it for an illustration. Because usually what they would have is they would take up a, a golden, uh, oftentimes it was a golden bowl uh, or a golden pitcher of, of some kind, and they would pour it out at the foot of the altar. It just, it just poured out. And there are a number of reasons. One of the reasons was in some ways it was a celebratory reminder of God's abundant provision of water in a place where it was not always abundant. There's other reasons for that. But for this morning and the purposes we're talking here is you think about that just pouring it out was really a celebration, was a sense of, listen, God provides. He just pours out. He pours out. He's poured out and provided for us in this. He pours out. Yeah, he does. But in that scene, after that water had been poured out, in fact, this is the eighth day, I said, so for seven days they've been doing this. Every day, seeing this illustration of water being poured out, Jesus stands up. It says in John chapter 7, right there, verse 37. Read it. Jesus stands up and says in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. For whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water. Not a pitcher full. Not something that just has where it's a kind of symbolic, yeah, and we're pouring out and there's a lot there. And he says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus is trying to say, there is more. You're hearing this and you've been celebrating this and this is what you've been told. But let me tell you something. I'm here to tell you there is more. Then what is right here? There is more. So much more than a little pouring of water. He says you could experience a flood of water like a river rushing over you and through you. So for us today, there is more. There's more that God wants. Jesus says it. More that he has for you. More than oftentimes this, this struggling of a religious Christian life that, that just hard to even make it sometimes. There is so much more. How much more? Verse 38 it says rivers of living water. I know in some versions it, it may say streams. But the 
reality is the better translation is river of that uh, Greek word potamos that's there. The better translation, in fact, that word could actually mean a rushing torrent or flood. So not Oil Creek usually, but more like Oil Creek when we were on it. And even beyond that kind of thing, a rushing torrent or flood. What this is talking about, what, what we're hearing this, and sometimes we can just say, well, that just means Jesus. You know, if without Jesus, you're just kind of, and then with Jesus, then you've got the more. No, no, that's not what he's saying. He asked, he is the living water. He did say that, but he went on to say that it's about this river. And he wasn't saying just that he was the river. We know that that's not what it means. You don't have to take my word for it. You take Jesus' word for it. In the very next verse, in verse 39, by this he meant the Spirit. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been yet glorified. So Jesus is talking about the river is the Spirit of God, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. What is the picture in your life? Is there a rushing river of living water of the Holy Spirit flowing through and from your life? Or is your life more like Or maybe it's not even that. It's just kind of a little trickle, little drop here and there. What is it really like? Because Jesus is saying, it can be like a river. A rushing river. Today, we've got to get more. We want more. And we can. We're filled with the river of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised right here. How do we do that? There's two things we really need to keep in mind is with this. And today we're really just going to cover the first point, part one. And that is we need to dive in the river. To be all in, completely soaked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, be filled with the Spirit. A better translation of the way the verb is used there is to be filled. Actually to say, be being filled. To be filled and to continue to be filled. In other words, not just to pour out until this is empty and then you're filled. But like the river coming in and be filled but be being filled constantly continually to be being filled and there are so many christians that that do not grasp this in fact what they do not grasp is the difference and maybe you need to write this down for some of you you need to write this down that there is a difference between two words here there is a difference between the indwelling of the holy spirit and the infilling of the holy spirit i'm gonna say that again There is a difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Those two things are not the same. Everyone receives the Holy Spirit at salvation. John 3, 1 Corinthians 6, going on and on from there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 states that Christians have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the deposit, the deposit 
guaranteeing our inheritance. We have, when we come to Christ, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are not filled. There's a difference between the indwelling and the infilling. We are sealed, but not filled. We are born of the Spirit, so to speak. We are not filled with the Spirit. And we can see this and what happens with the disciples as, uh, as Jesus, right after the resurrection, appeared to the disciples in the upper room. In John chapter 20. In John chapter uh, 20 here. I guess you can read that. Yes. John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, Jesus said, so they were, the doors were all locked, right? They're all like, oh, what are we going to do? And Jesus appears to them, the resurrected Christ. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think about this. This is John. The Gospel of John, the very last part of the Gospel of John, this is before Pentecost. This happened before Pentecost, that they received the Spirit. And yet Jesus told them that they need to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Right? He told them they need to go to wait. And that's in uh, Acts chapter 1. Verse 4 and 5, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem Jerusalem, and all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Judea, I typed that, so should say Judea and all of Samaria uh, and the ends of the earth. All right, now think about it. Why do they need to wait? Let's go back to uh, verse. Four, go back to four. Why do they need to wait for the Holy Spirit if we go back to John? They already have the Holy Spirit. You following this? Why do you need to wait for the Holy Spirit? If you already have the Spirit, be breathed on them. They receive the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20 in the upper room. But they waited for the Holy Spirit because he told them to go wait. Because that is when the power of the Holy Spirit, that is when the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is when the filling of the Holy Spirit took place. That is when the infilling took place. John chapter 20 was when the indwelling took place. Well, you're following this to understand because so many times what we just think is that what takes place at Pentecost is they got the Holy Spirit. We think of what takes place at Pentecost, well, the Holy Spirit came. And so we we just keep on going on our lives and we wonder why we don't get more. Why don't we get more? Because all we've done is got John chapter 20 in the indwelling and we've never gone to Acts chapter 2 in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're not experiencing more because we don't have more. We don't have more of the Holy Spirit, the river of the Spirit of God upon us. You used to hear more of that. I mean, we think about this. What happens then in our Christian life is we continue to live just settling with this constantly. We keep coming back, God help me, and we settle for that and we're missing out on the river you used to hear more about this from 
uh, this wonderful feeling from old time. And when I say old time, alliance people, I mean people who are no longer around. Uh, they've long passed on to glory. But old time alliance people who would sometimes call what we're talking about a part of the deeper life. The deeper life, which deals with our sanctification, and this is a part of it. Not some overemphasis about cleaning up your life and living by the church rules uh, that are many times legalistic, external holiness kind of things, but about being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to live a full, a empowered, a more life that God wants for us. This sanctification of making us holy like God was something that happened through the power of the Holy Spirit of God in us through His fullness, because we will never be able to get clean or holy enough on our own. It doesn't matter how much we scrub our lives to try to get ourselves the way we think Jesus wants to be. We don't have the elbow grease to be able to do it. The Holy Spirit does, though. And that's Him that can do this. And while sanctification is a progressive experience, something that we continue the rest of our life, we continue to be sanctified, continue to be made holy, continue to be made more like Christ, there is an actual point of crisis. There is a point in time where we need to dive in the river. There has to be a point somewhere in our life. It's just like with salvation. We can talk about it. We know we need to be saved. We know that we need to know Christ. But there comes a point in time when we make a decision that we will be. And then we continue to live that salvation. So too with sanctification. So too with the filling of the Holy Spirit. There comes a point in time to realize I cannot do this Christian life on my own. I need to surrender. And I need to make this point right now, right here. I am choosing to receive that filling to receive that sanctification the same way that we receive salvation. We allow the work to be done in us. When you begin the journey with Jesus as sanctifier, you have to surrender, have to surrender and then understand the filling of the Holy Spirit. Let me just ask, have you ever jumped all in? Have you ever jumped all in the river? And completely been filled with the Spirit. That's a yes or no question, by the way. Yes or no. And if you remember, living our Christian life is not just about our past experience. You may say yes to that, but what's your present reality right now? Are you living a Holy Spirit-filled life? That's what real, true Christianity is about in the early church. That's how they lived. When you read Acts and all that took place, it was because of this. Not because of them. Not because of all the things that had to do anything with them. Simple, uneducated men. They were talked about. How can they possibly know they've been with Jesus? But they're not just, they're still with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. What is the evidence of this Holy Spirit of God Almighty? Not just living in us, but filling us in His fullness. How do you know? How do, how do you know, somebody would say, whether you're filled with the Spirit? If this is all we know, I can see why you'd be like, how do I know? If this is all we know, is just this, we'd be like, am I filled, am I not filled? But if it was the river, the mighty rushing river flowing over you and through you, I think you would know. Are you with me? There is a difference. 
and you will know that difference is the outflow of our life unmiraculous or unmistakably the spirit of the living God in us is it every move we make every breath we take as the song goes that we recognize the fullness of the spirit of God that we are in the river and that should make a difference in our life beyond what we can humanly do as Acts 13 says to be filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy do we know that? Not just that we have a little joy, but we're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Or Romans 5, that we experience a love that is poured out into our hearts, that just pour out from us, and not something that comes from us, but comes from God. Have we and noticed that we just can't help but say no to ungodliness and say yes to God because of the power of the Holy Spirit in us, as Titus talks about? Have we experienced the spirit of wisdom that's come upon us? Have we experienced a greater hope, as Romans 15 talks about? or a greater power, the Romans in, in 1519. We're not filled, and this is important, we are not filled with a joy, a love, a peace, a mercy in such a way that it fades like our emotions do. Oftentimes we think of these things, love, joy, mercy, all those kind of things, we think of it in an emotional way. That's not, he's not filling you with emotion. He's filling you with motion, and doing is what it, you're, uh, what we are about and understand that therefore if we are filled it is not something that just kind of flutters away like emotions but rather it is something that is lasting it is something that is supernatural it is to be filled and be being filled with not joy because reality is joy is what is coming out what we are filled with is God himself not just his power but His presence in us fully. And the way we do that, the way we begin that, is to dive in. We've got to dive in and grasp as we do this. Understand, sin will block the rushing flow of the river of the Spirit. Sin will, will, will dam it up, a log jam in the river, so to speak. The Holy Spirit can convict and show us the way and give us the power to live the way we should and then free up that and enable the, the, the river to flow in our lives, so to speak. We cannot be filled with the Spirit if we are so full of ourselves as well. You know, sometimes maybe it's not a particular sin that we can point to or something that we're just blocking the way, but it's us. It's me, myself, and I, and being concerned about me, myself, and I, being concerned about what I want, being concerned about how I like and what I do, I, and, and basically being concerned about who's in charge here, and I want to be in charge. I'll do some of these things. I don't mind following Jesus, but you know what? He's not driving. Famous preacher from centuries ago, D.L. Moody, says, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit and ambition in the world, there is no room for the Spirit of God. We must be emptied before we can be filled. Today, maybe that's you. Probably most of us, right? The sense that we need to be emptied before we can fill. And all this, we need to keep in mind that we're responsible. We prepare. We break up the fallow, the hardened ground in our life through repentance. And we allow the Holy Spirit to plow with permission 
We need his power because apart from him, we can do nothing, Jesus says in John 15. Apart from him, we can do nothing, which means even trying to get ourselves to be filled and to be emptied and all this kind of stuff, we can't do that. Only he can do that. This power comes when we receive the reign of the sovereign God in our lives. We can't have more. We can't have what we're looking for as long as we're still holding on to things anchored on the shore. You understand, if you're going to dive in, you can't still be holding on to something back here on the shore. If you're going to dive in, you've got to let go. You've got to let go of whatever those things are. And I'm not even saying that some of those things are sinful in themselves. It's just they are that which is of this world that are, that are not just worldly. They are those things that are concerning of self and, and me and all these things. You've got to get to the point where we just let go and we dive in. Yet so many frustrated Christians with their their life end up settling for an empty, powerless life because of the excuse, well, listen, it's my life and I'm going to live it how I choose. You're not going to make it. There are a few Christians who survive without the filling and fully relying on the Holy Spirit. If survive, it can even be used as the word. But, but it's like this. It's like they've entered the Daytona 500. You know what that is, right? Daytona 500, car race, go around and around forever. Uh, all right? So it's like, it's like they enter the Daytona 500. They got this brand new car, okay? Excited. I'm so excited to be in the race. This is the Christian race, but you know, you're, hopefully you're following the analogy here. I'm so excited to get this brand new car. And, and then they start the race at, gentlemen, start your engines, you know, and all that kind of thing. And the flags go and they're here heading out and here they go. They're pushing their car, <sighs> you know, but listen, listen, it's really not that hard. I know some of you are thinking, well, that would be really hard to keep pushing. No, 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 because there's no engine in it. You know, there's no engine in the car. And so it's light. And at first, as you're pushing the car, this isn't so bad. I can do this. You know, those cars are hardly anything to them and metal or anything. They're starting out to it. It's just easy. But you got 500 times around pushing the car. It may be light at first, but eventually it gets to be heavy. And that's the way it is with our Christian life. At first, we're excited. We've got Jesus, and we're just excited to be in the race with him. And we start out, and we start pushing that car, and it goes well. But after a while, suddenly you reach the wall, so to speak. You're just like, man, this is just, this is tiring. This is hard. This is, it just, is this really what the Christian life is supposed to be like? It just feels like there should be something more. There should be something different in this Christian life. Like, I'm missing something. As everybody else is driving around. Yeah, maybe you're missing something. You know, we're trying. Philippians 3.14, I'm pressing on towards the goal to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want to do that. I'm doing that. But you know, it just so many don't make it to the finish line because they're pushing their Christian life around. And it just gets too much, too hard, too long. And in the end, all that we are really showing is the best that man can do that race. All we're showing is the best that we, as a man or a woman who loves God, can do. 
as we push that car around instead of showing what is the most that God can do, which has to do with that engine, where the power comes from, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that is like a rushing river that would carry us along. When people look at us, do they see a good Christian? Yeah, that's good. A good Christian pushing the car around. Or do they see a miraculous God? In a sense, what I'm asking is, do they see a pitcher of water being poured out when they look at you? Or do they see a rushing river? Which? Somebody might be thinking, well, you know, this whole rushing river, in fact, if I would have been there when you guys went, I would have been a little, like, scared about getting on the river and where it's up, and apparently we should have been a little more than we were uh, as it was going up. But nonetheless, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, that whole rushing river tour, I mean, it's just, it's a little scary because it's kind of out of control or out of our control. And so we hesitate to dive into a rushing river, so to speak, because we, we just don't know what's going to happen. We don't, have, we don't have control. And that's the part that has to start before we dive in is we have to let go of everything. And we have to say, Jesus, you really are Lord and Master. I surrender completely to you. In other words, I give up control to you. There's a sense that in our history here at OCCA, we've struggled with this. It was one of the things that came out, and I wasn't here, but during the Healing the Heart of the Church event that took place, it came out that there were things that happened in our distant past that we believe in turn created a less than open atmosphere to the Holy Spirit being able to move and function which not only hampers the freedom of the Holy Spirit, but can outright stop the flow of the Holy Spirit so that there's even a sense of no Holy Spirit. And we do realize that when we're dealing with God, He doesn't like, say, take a partial yes or a lukewarm kind of, yeah, maybe, yeah, how about, how about wait and see, God? Let me just wait and see. None of that works. It's yes or everything else is no. It's dive in or everything else is no. We need to be open to go forward with the flow of the river of the Holy Spirit to see that need. We can see that need reflected uh, in the classes, uh, many of you have, hopefully you have your Kingdom Builder things you got today. And you see, as we recognize that need, uh, the adult classes, I said we talk about the adult classes, you have them here. Um, don't have as much time right now to get into each of these, but just to recognize on that back of walking with the Spirit and practicing our spiritual gifts, both of those dealing with the Holy Spirit and needing for us where we need to be able to go and and to get into that. You see the other class, the uh, Adults and youth combined is uh, uh, the one that I'm doing on uh, disciple making 201. It's about training, teaching, leading groups, 
uh, not only the groups for Sunday morning, but maybe small groups and other things that we may do, how you go about doing that. And there's still a part of that that deals with the Holy Spirit. And obviously the last thing is the intercessor ministry taking place, which you got to have the Holy Spirit in. I mean, that's the leader of the group and what needs to take place is we want to see God move in some mighty and powerful ways. I, I really encourage you. I know some of you are like, oh, I don't know about it. it. Even if you don't know about whether you're coming or not coming, hopefully you will be. Read this. Read it. Read what's going on. Read what's going to be happening at the very least to be able to pray, but to join because it's a, a, an opportunity for all levels wherever you're at. You may say, like, I, I really don't need that. Well, then what you need to do is to do something is to be involved by helping or teaching or just being in the class and being part of that or uh, leading um, or helping in the prayer by being a part of interceding for God for others in, a, in an amazing way. Um, but that's something that, at least for this quarter, uh, as we go on next, it'll be a different than the next quarter, but this quarter, just that sense of Holy Spirit reflecting where we need to go to have an in all of this, to have an attitude that just jumps in. It's followed by that. We'll talk about next week, what, what follows after we dive in. But think of it this way. How many, it's, it's come, to, anybody gone swimming yet or pools or anything like that started yet? Some, it usually is coming up. If you haven't, it will be. And, and I, most of the time, kids you know, uh, our kids and other kids, it's just anyone when we were kids. Love, you know, going go to the pool or going to wherever we're going to swim and, and the water would be there and it didn't matter what temperature it was. It didn't matter anything. It just run. You know, what are you always, you're always telling kids? Walk, right? That's the whole rule around the pool. Walk. No, they're running. Cannonball, right? You know? But then... You have the people who are more experienced, more mature. And they get in the water very gently. Okay. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Kids, stay back. You know? And you just kind of just kind of go up little by little. And, and I don't know why we do this, but, you know, we're already in. But for some reason, how many of you stay on the tiptoes, right? And you're still you're going in there, like, on the, on the tiptoes. And the kids start, no, oh, don't you splash me. Right? Don't, don't, don't get me wet. You know, you got to ask the question, why are you in the water if you don't want to be wet? Don't get me wet. I, why are you there? And that is two different pictures of the people of God. You got the kids who have child, the people who have childlike faith who just say, cannonball, I'm ready for the river of the Holy Spirit to dive in. It doesn't matter. I'm surrendering it all and I'm jumping in. And then you got the other people, they're trying to wade into the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work that way. You cannot wade into the Holy Spirit. You must dive in. Are you with me? You've got to dive in all the way, all out to put our whole life under the whole body, mind, spirit, our will, everything we've got and not just settle for a life that sits on the side of the pool with our feet dangling in. 
Because that's where a lot of Christians are at. We need to be like little children. Surrender it. Surrender and dive in. The only way that we're victorious is when we are all the way in the river and the river is all the way in us, the Holy Spirit all over us. Passionately pursue God in all His fullness. Be filled with the Spirit even today. Even today. How do we do that? How do we get that fullness of the Holy Spirit? I mentioned there needs to be that surrender, but really, if we were to make it simple, it's the same way we get anything from God. How do we get it? We ask. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be opened. Just ask. Believing, trusting. As Luke 11 goes on in verse as Luke 11 goes on in verse 11. And it says, Which of you, fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, I underline this, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Think about that. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? We believe He's a good Father. We believe He gives us good gifts. And the one gift he's saying here above all other gifts is the Holy Spirit that he wants to give. I ask the worship team to come. As the worship team comes today, you may not know for sure whether you truly are filled, whether you're living the, a pitcher or in your river. You can't know the river. Even if we've dived in the river, we need to understand that sometimes we get ourselves and we move off and we move up onto the shore. And we need to dive back in. And so today as we sing this song, just invite you whether you can do it where you're at. But it may be for some you need to step out of the, the chairs there. It's symbolically stepping out in the sense of saying, I'm stepping off the shore and I'm going to come down here. I'm going to come to the river, you know, symbolically. It may just, you just need to be out of the distractions that are around you. Encourage you to come, to seek, to ask. If you want someone to pray, I'm not assuming that all of us would need that, but you want someone to pray, let us know. We come and pray that you might experience the river of God, that you would surrender to Him fully and completely and ask that He would fill you. And we'll help you with that and, and pray with that as we sing. So, Father, lead us now. Holy Spirit, we thank You. You are here and You want to fill us anew and afresh we say that but we sometimes think of it in the sense of a pitcher of water being poured out you want to fill us with the river the river of you holy spirit come like a rushing river upon us now and move in us even as we respond to you we want more not just more of something we want more of someone of you fill us like a river today I hope that you want that feeling. It's what Jesus has always meant for us. It's what the Christian life was supposed to be. That you would be dissatisfied with a pitcher being poured out. And to come to him even right now, if you haven't already, 
Lord Jesus. I thank you that you're my Savior. But I recognize that you're not my Lord. I use that word, but I have not fully surrendered complete control. I'm still hanging on to things on the shore. I need to let go of them, let go of that right now, including letting go of control. Surrender now to you, to your reign, to your rule. You're the boss completely, forever. I empty myself of self, sin, and so much else. It would just be emptied. Help me. And ask now that you would come and fill me, Holy Spirit. Father, pour out your Spirit upon us. You promised that you want to give this gift to us. I pray for that filling. Not just on us as as a group and we know that you did that on Pentecost but as individuals we each have to make that decision to dive in right now Holy Spirit fall move help us in the time that we have to just wait upon you and if it's not right this moment that we would continue to seek your feeling this week that we would set aside time to just be in your presence not to to, to pray, to read, to do anything else but other than wait. That's what you told the disciples to do. Wait, come, fill us. Fall fresh upon us. May we understand that melting, that molding. More than that, may we know just as we know that we know we are saved, may we know that we know we are filled because it is a rushing river of you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless you with his spirit. I'm not going to say amen if you want to stay and just continue to wait upon him and do that. Otherwise, we'd be dismissed quietly. Lord, be with you. See you next week.